God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Would you join me? Let's, let's say that together, wherever you're with us right now. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The psalm goes on, Psalm 46, though the earth gives way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, and though its waters roar and foam, nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then God says, Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. This is a word for us today. This is a good word for us today. Wherever you're making your connection with us, right here in Miami, greater Miami, South Florida, across this nation and around the world, this is a good word for us today. Be still, God says, and know that I am God. Now this is a good word because this is not business as usual, is it? I mean, never in a hundred years have we experienced anything like this. Our cities, our nations, our world, all in crisis. Over 170 nations of the world right now, 50, all 50 states of the United States of America now in crisis. Our lives are, uh, are in upheaval. Our families are feeling it. And we need to just say that right up front, you know. We are more than feeling these emotions right now. Before Corona came to town, we were in a series called Explore God in Christ's Journey. And the next message in that series was uh, answering this question, is the Bible reliable? In other words, can it be trusted? And now, guess what? We have been thrust into the laboratory of life to find out for ourselves in experience. Now, that message is a message for another time. But the one that I've got for you today, I'm telling you, I want you to know parts of the Bible that I am trusting right now. Like this one, where Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and then puts them into practice is like a wise man. This is a time for wisdom. Boys, girls, paying attention at home, young people, listen, this isn't just for grown-ups. Every single person who hears the words of Jesus and then puts them into practice is being very wise, he says. A wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain came down, and the stream rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house. And then what happened? It did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. I'm trusting that. I'm believing that. Right now, Jesus is my rock and Jesus' words, when trusted and then when acted upon, when put into practice, bring a staying power. And that's what we need right now. Staying power and a shelter, he says, in the storm. 
Now, not from the storm. We're not exempt from the storm, but Jesus promises we will be sheltered in the storm and taken through the storm. And listen, that's a good word for right now because we are in the storm. This is a global storm that we are facing. And so last time we were together, we said there were three ways that together we could face this crisis. Christ's journey, we said stay connected, stay clean, and be of help. So I want to unpack those again. Let's just remember again for the many that are joining us this week, in addition to where we were last week. Stay connected. That means to God and to one another. This is putting the great commandment into practice. We are harnessing, and the way we're doing this is that we're harnessing technology. Right now, this very moment, we are harnessing high-tech to stay in high touch with God and with one another. We're technologically connecting in worship, and then we're also doing it in fellowship. We're doing it in leadership. This last week, our staff is now off-site, and we have met virtually at least three times with all of our staff through Zoom meetings where people can show up and we've been listening to one another in real time, praying together, sharing updates, sharing encouragements, talking about our task list to get done, but also about our lives and what's happening in our families right now. And the reason we're doing that is so that we can model it for others and then do it with our own teams and then do it with our own groups. This last week, I also met with my Explore God group, six men, who are connecting through Google Hangouts. So I'm hoping that you're doing that too. This last Wednesday, we sent out a church-wide email blast that to everybody on our mailing list, if you told us you're, if you're a member of Christ's Journey or an active attender at Christ's Journey, you gave us your email address, then you received this opportunity. And it is an opportunity to stay connected. At least five places in that email there's a place where you can click and stay connected. I want you to do that. Five opportunities to stay connected, whether it's to groups, adult groups, or kids and family ministry, or to say, I need some help, or to say, I want to be of help, or here's how I can give. And listen, your gifts matter now more than ever. For us to be able to do virtual ministry like this, you are fueling that through the gifts that you give. So thank you to the many of you. By the way, did you know that over 60% of our congregation give digitally every week? And now it matters that we continue to do that. So thanks for that little commercial there. Didn't see that one coming, but it matters right now. But what I want to say is please do that. Stay connected to God and to one another and do it. It with your, if you're not connected with a group, please do that. Please do that. Click on there, let us get connected, and then share with us what's going on in your life so that we can respond through our groups, through our deacons, through our pastors. You'll find it in that email. Don't lose that email. Hold on to that. And then we said, stay clean. Stay clean. And of, uh, of course, here we are talking about our hands, for sure, but also our heads. So we're sanitizing our surfaces. We're applying wisdom, as the Center for Disease Control has taught us. And also, as James says, wash your hands, you sinners. So that's what we're doing. I'm doing that. Are you? No, I know you are. 
But we want to keep on doing that. Sanitize our environments, keep our hands clean. But as we keep our hands clean, we also want to keep our heads clean. That means that we learn how to guard our attitudes. It really matters right now. Because there are so many incoming emotions of fear, anxiety, disruption, concern, doubt, worry. And I'm telling you, we need to do this every day. Clean the filter of our mind every day. Wash it with the word. Because we know that what gets your mind can also get you. And it matters that we bring our best selves forward. How do we do that? Well, our pastors reminded us last week, we focus on joy We focus on thanksgiving. We say, thank you, Lord, that you are with us in spite of and in the midst of our current crisis. So please do that. Here's what Paul said. Whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is right and pure, then think on these things. Focus your attitudes around what is clean. Stay clean in hand and clean in head. And then the third thing we said is be of help. Be of help. This is applying the great commandment through loving your neighbor. Look for ways to relieve others, to relieve others' concerns, and then to be of help in meeting their needs. Did you know that being a good neighbor is also good for your mental health? I remembered the uh, comment that Dr. Carl Menninger, famed psychiatrist, made when when he was asked one time, what should I do if I feel like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown? And his answer was simply this. He said, lock up your house, go across the railroad tracks, find someone in need, and do something for them. Now, what would... Dr. Menninger, what might Dr. Menninger say today? It's maybe something like this. Though you are locked in your house, you can get online, you can pick up the phone, you can send a card to somebody, you can reach out to somebody else beyond yourself and do something good for them. And then that will ease your tension, calm your fear, center your peace once again. We know how to do this. We've been through so many storms in South Florida. Named storms, unnamed storms, storms we didn't see coming, storms that we saw coming for a long time, storms that sat right on top of us, and yet we were resilient, we were present, we showed teamwork and compassion. This is the same thing we're doing now. Be of help to someone in need. So share some help, share some hope. Make a phone call. Send a text. Do one of those uh, special cards that you can send and respond to. But use tech. Be creative. Man, I love seeing all the videos that are so clever to bring us into their space and share the sense of humor. Be creative. Use tech to create high-touch opportunities. That's what we're doing. Southern Living Magazine shared a story this week of how Christmas lights are going back up all over the country, to symbolize our hope. Okay, so we're stuck on our own, in our own houses. Well, then let's shine in the middle of a dark space, like Jesus said, and let others see your light shining. The apostle Peter wrote to uh, Christ followers in the first century, early Christians who at that time were facing the terror of bodily persecution. I mean, thank God 
that the majority of those facing this crisis right now are not facing that. But Peter's advice to them can also help us in facing the invisible terror of COVID-19. Here's what he says. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Now that's simply one of the ways that Peter refers to Christ as our rock, our solid foundation. Build your whole life on him. That's what it means to set apart Christ as Lord. And then always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have in your life. So be of help in sharing hope with others. This is profound and it's so timely for us right now. Be of help in sharing words of hope. Let hope be contagious. Even in a time like this, especially in a time like this, times of fear and uncertainty and anxiety and disruption, this is the time that we need to stand up and show up and do it in the ways that are responsible for the help of others. Somebody asked me this last week, is this crisis a sign of the end of the age, of the second coming of Christ, of uh, the end of the world? So you know what I did? I went to the Word, and the closest reference that I could find is in Luke chapter 21, verse 11, where Jesus himself says this about that time. There will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences, that means plagues, in various places, and fearful events. Now, maybe you're thinking, that sounds pretty scary. Well, Jesus said, you're right. These are sc- there will be fearful events, events filled with fear, and it's going to feel scary. But if you just scroll down a few more verses to verse 28 in that same chapter, here's what Jesus says. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Don't be downhearted. Don't wither back in fear. What he says is redeeming grace is on the way. It's a scary time. But Jesus says this, I will meet you in it. I'm going to walk you through it, and I will help you rise above it. In Matthew 24, After a message that Jesus brought about the signs of the end of the age and his second coming, the end of the world, here's what he says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. That's a shelter that we can count on. It is a foundation that we build on. It's a shelter that we hide in, that we cover ourselves with. And I'm telling you right now, it may feel like the world is passing away before your eyes. We're hearing reports and know people who are losing their jobs. They're telling us people are losing their health, losing their lives. The economy is like haywire crazy, right? And some are wondering, well, when am I going to get my medication? What do we do in a time like this? I'll tell you what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I'm trusting Jesus as my rock, and I'm trusting his word as my foundation and my shelter. And he said, when storms come, as they will, if we act on his word, then our homes will outlast the storm. They will outlive the storm. Our lives 
will outlive the storm. He said, even when heaven and earth pass away, the cosmos as we know it goes away. He said his words will stand strong and live through time and eternity, sheltered under his word. And Peter said this, when we set Christ apart in our hearts as Lord, that means we enthrone him as king. He is the king of the kingdom of God. The government is upon his shoulders. His reign will never end. And when we set him apart as king and we pray thy kingdom come and thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven, then guess what? We can be ready to share hope with others in need. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Hope conquers fear. Now, John was another apostle very close to Jesus. In fact, he was racing Peter when Mary came back saying that the tomb was empty. And John's gospel said that John and Peter raced to see who would get to the tomb first. Well, John At the time that he wrote this verse that I'm going to share with you, he may have been the only surviving apostle, but here's what he said. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. The world is fragile and a fallen place, but nobody, here's what we believe, here's what I believe, here's what Jesus taught, here's what the apostles believed, nobody in this fragile fallen world is beyond the reach of God's love. John would then write the book of Revelation, which seriously is full of fearsome images toward the end of the age. But it's John who also reminds us repeatedly that God is love. God is love, and his perfect love drives out fear. So his love is a shelter in which we can hide, and he helps us respond to the fears that we have. If you've been wondering about the end of the world, the second coming of Christ, here's what Jesus said. No one knows the day or the hour, not the angels, not even the Son but the Father only. So we don't know, but here's what we do know. We know that love never fails. That's what the Apostle Paul said. We know that God will never leave us, never forsake us. This is a foundation stone upon which to build our lives. We know that even in social isolation, we're not alone. God is with us, Emmanuel is with us. And we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, Jesus Christ his Son. And we know that God hears us and answers us when we pray. I believe that. I've experienced that. And now is the time to do that. So in our prayers, we rely on his word we hide in God's Son, and we invite His love to, perf- to perfectly drive out our fear. But there's one more thing that I really want to tell you today that, that has come out of my personal experiences this past week. I have been so strongly drawn to the letter that Paul wrote 
to Philippi, to the people of Philippi in the first century. It's one of his most personal and autobiographical letters. And he writes it literally from a lockdown situation. I mean, he's been, he's been placed under arrest and now is held captive in a Roman jail, and he's got chains on his arms. Uh, and he writes this little letter. It's only four short chapters, 104 verses. If you listen to it on audio Bible, it doesn't even take 20 minutes. And so I've been listening to it every day in a different translation, and I've been reading it every day when I'm up with the Lord in the morning. But I'm telling you, four short chapters, but it is crammed full of encouragement and hope and love and joy. And the irony is he's in lockup. He's in lockdown. So I want to encourage you to read it too. And not just once, but to soak in it, to let it be your moho, and, uh, and let it saturate your mind until you enter the story. Here's what was going on. Paul was in a Roman jail. He was in chains. He was unable to come and go as he would like. He had been taken out of circulation. Here's a, a missionary without a mission field, so to speak. But God uses that time to meet with Paul in such a profound way that he is inspired to write this little letter that is so full of big truths, and so many verses that you may have memorized or that you're going to want to memorize over the next few days and weeks about how to turn a lockdown into a lift up. That's what Paul does here. How to turn being shut in into a reach out. And I'd like for you to imagine, to be creative, let's think about ways. How can we meet God in the moment of this crisis opportunity and let him turn it into something more, something bigger, something better for everybody that we love and know? What are you going to find in that letter? Well, let me ask you, you ever feel like you're all alone, on your own, with precious few thinking about you? Well, that's where Paul was until a man showed up with a gift from some friends from Philippi, and this letter was a thank you note full of this joy and hope. You ever feel like your strength is about to fail? I mean, like, like you may not be able to hold out until the race is done and your strength is already spent? Paul knows about that too. In fact, he barely opens the letter and he says this, but I'm confident that the one who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's not up to me to just finish this in my own strength, but God started it. God's gonna be with me every step of the way, and you too. God's got you. Don't forget that. You ever feel like you're surrounded by people who really don't understand you? People who may even not just disagree, but oppose the message that you're seeking to live by right now? <laughs> that was Paul in this letter. And then he writes, he says to these people, he says, you know, I've seen in you the same struggle that I've had in me and that I'm having right now. God will meet you in your struggle there. Try the letter to Philippi and see what God says to you. Have you ever been close to someone that got sick and you felt helpless to know what to do? This is Paul in this letter as well. He brings us into a very tender place with him and a close friend and how he responded when it didn't appear that God was answering his prayer the way he expected him to. I mean, this is a very real letter. You ever feel like your life 
just needs some focus and some purpose to give clarity and meaning. Well, it's right here in this letter. Paul says, I've got it for you, and here's how it got sharpened for me. With all the other stuff that was going on, here's where I found purpose and meaning and focus, that I may know Christ, and you can know him too. You ever heard someone quote this verse? To live is Christ, to die is gain. Came from this letter. How about this one? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Could we say that together? Let's say this together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One more time. Take a breath. Speak so others can hear. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This letter right here. Have you ever felt like your your resource shy? That your resources are going to run out before your needs are fully met and covered? Listen. Paul did, and this letter is where he declares this truth. My God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. This letter is a vault full of scriptural treasure more valuable than gold that will bring assurance and hope and help to you. And I'm so excited about it that I want to tell you I'm going to be hosting a group every day from tomorrow forward, Monday forward, um, where you can, if you follow Christ's journey on Instagram or Facebook, then we will notify you as to when we're going to be going live on that, and you can connect with us for a few minutes each day, and we will be drawing water from the well of salvation through the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. I got a, uh, a text this morning from a community leader of our state, actually. And the individual simply said this, can you imagine if we get to see Jesus return? What a thought. What a thought. Now, the truth is, we don't know when he's going to come back. But he said, don't be occupied with my coming but occupy until I come. We just got to be ready so that when he comes, we'll be prepared for the next life, which, listen to me, is going to be so much better than this life. So the question is this, are you ready? Are you ready for that next life, and how would you be? Well, John quoted Jesus in the book of the Revelation with these words, perhaps just for you. Here I am. Jesus says, and I am standing at the door, and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will come in, and we will fellowship together. We'll sit down at table together. Now, many times we think of that verse as for those who have not come to know Christ yet. But did you know he wrote that, he spoke that verse to a church that had literally closed the doors to his spirit's work in their lives. It's a picture of Jesus being on the front porch of his own church and them not letting him in. 
And he says, I'm trying to get in. Don't let that be you. If you're a Christ follower, this is the time to say, Lord, my doors are open. You are my rock. I'm building my life on your word as my foundation. And I am finding shelter in your love and sharing it with my family, sharing it with my friends, and seeking to bring help and hope to others in need. Open the door once again and make a recommitment of your life right now. And then, friend, if you're a seeker, and you've been investigating the claims of Christ and are wanting to be ready for the next life, this verse applies to you too. You can say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I open the door of my heart and welcome you. Fill me with your spirit, forgive my sins, and now lead me as I turn from going my way to learn to go your way and allow you to lead me forward. If you made that prayer from your heart, in fact, let's bow together right now. Perhaps those words voice your heart's desire. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me now. Connect me to your heart, to your people, so that not only will I weather this storm, but that my life will be the life that does the will of God and outlives and outlasts this world. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, you can indicate that by letting us know. Whatever media you're joining us on, you'll see a way there that you can say, I'm raising my hand, I've trusted Jesus, I'm taking my steps of faith. Would you please do that? And then allow us to stay connected to you, to bring God's truth, to stay clean, clean in your filter, clean in your body, and then be of help to you as we help you be of help to others. And as we say around here, may God bless you as you go in peace. Amen.